Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. I'm your host, Jai Bonnet, and my guest today is the one of C. Charles Mazel. Hello, C. Charles. Good, good to see you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm drinking my coffee. It's earlier oh. over here. It's 11 a.m., so I'm, I'm waking up. How, How are you? you? I'm doing good. I saw this movie you sent me that you're in. Um, it's called Proof, Proof of Concept. It looks fun of it. Uh, so can you tell me first what made you want to become an actress? Uh, so it's kind of funny. Um, I was a cheerleader. I was a competitive cheerleader. And my dad wrote an independent film. And we came to L.A. for the premiere of the, the indie film. And the mother of one of the actresses in the film met me. And we were just talking. And she, I said I was a cheerleader. And she was like, oh, I'm a, I'm an Italian agent. Um, and I'd love to have a cheerleader to do commercials. And I was going to school in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Not far. So I was in uh, community college there. And so uh, she was like, if you want to do commercials, like, I'd be happy to have you. I signed with her. I'm thinking I'm going to be doing commercials. And my first audition was for a TV show. So it was for um, like a just a, a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, in that moment, I really needed to get into acting classes. So I started to take acting classes. And the more that I was like realizing, oh, this is a serious thing. I was getting auditions and I fell in love with class and tapes, doing self tapes and going in person to auditions. And then I changed my degree to theater film, film studies. And I changed it to theater just to give me some more um, education on that. And yeah, I've just been building and creating uh, since then. Can you tell me a little bit what's about in your character? Yeah, so um, My Rainbow is a proof of concept film, and my character is Waverly. And Waverly kind of came because I love coming of age films and I love movies about complex maternal relationships, but there's never black characters. And so I was like, well, I want to audition for a coming of age film. I think that that kind of story is so beautiful, but I never really see people that look like me. And I wasn't getting those auditions. I was, I kind of always get auditions for like the happy-go-lucky, smart aleck, class clown, best friend, uh, those kinds of girls. And I was like, I want to audition for something more dramatic and um, something where I have to discover more. So I was like, I'll just make it myself. So I, wrote this script and I, I wrote Waverly inspired by the film Lady Bird thinking, but a black girl, you know, me. So um, that's kind of my character. So she is a foster teen who is suddenly told that her grandmother is going to adopt her. Mind you, she's not seen this grandmother since she was a toddler. She has no idea who this woman is. She's just, Waverly's just not getting comfortable in her life with her friends and then she has to move right before she is supposed to graduate high school and she doesn't trust her grandma and she's trying to build that relationship with her and I love those kinds of stories in movies so I tried to tell it in the best way that I could. So what advice can you give actors that that want to be an actor or singer? The biggest thing for me is that I try to tell myself and I try to tell people is um be yourself and understand that yourself is what's going to get you far. Um, there's a letter, Martha Graham's letter to Agnes DeMille, and she is writing about how you are yourself and the world will not have it if you try to be someone else. So you have to keep your channel open to receive, you know, what what you give to the world and you can't try to copy someone else you can't try to emulate someone else's path and I really love I like to read that before my auditions it's called it's a letter to Martha Graham's letter to Agnes DeMille and it's just about embracing yourself and understanding that like your journey as an actor is going to be your journey so when you're doing your headshots when you're going to auditions you have to be yourself you can't compare that to someone else because all of our journeys are going to be different and um also another thing is remembering that when you audition for a part and you don't book it sometimes it has nothing to do with you it could literally be oh you're five foot eight and we needed someone that was five foot four like 
we love you, but your height's a little off. Like it could literally be the smallest thing or um, they want a redhead instead of a blonde, like think anything like that. It could be the most smallest detail and you just have to keep going. And the I think what's really important is having headshots a lot of actors just go into acting and they don't have the small things that you need to to grow and for me headshots are the best way to show different characters and what you have to offer and so I think that's that's the first place to start is headshots it's hard to do a projection I think how I deal with it personally is telling myself that um getting upset about the role just meant that I'm passionate like say, oh, I really wanted um, that film or I really wanted that that TV show. Like I, I auditioned for the lead in a Netflix series and it's still going on. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that could have been me. But I try to switch that thinking and just remember that just shows my passion for this craft and reminding yourself that it was meant for that person. And if you didn't get it, the thing that you are supposed to do will come to you. That's, you know, you hear actors that they audition for like this huge movie, they didn't get it. And then five years later, they booked something else and made a name for themselves. That just meant that what was supposed to be set out for you hasn't come yet. And it will if you just keep going. So that's how I deal with rejection is like, yes, I didn't book that Netflix show, but that just means that maybe there's another Netflix show that I'll be perfect for. And that kind of keeps you going and keeps you excited to grow and to build um, because you haven't found the thing yet. So it's the journey that's so important. It's a journey, right? Not, not destination, but the journey. I guess that's true, you know. Yeah, exactly. So how do you um, uh, prepare for a role? Uh, if it's a larger part, so say the lead in a film, I would I have a private acting coach that we we FaceTime and depending on how many pages it'll be, that'll depend on how much time we spend on it. And I love to do that because she coaches me on the lines and like my actions and because I audition for a lot of comedies as well. So it helps for her to like help me understand the physicality of it. So I definitely like to be coached when I have a larger part. Um, I love research. So like say I have an audition for something, a period piece, something in the 70s. I love watching uh, characters that are similar to that or films or reading books that are similar to that, just so I can understand the vibe of what the story is. And then preparing for the actual audition itself, I have gotten less focused on memorization. Before, I felt like that was my priority. And then over time with school, I'm just learned, I, I've learned, I, I graduated already. I say I'm still in school. I'm not in school. I graduated. So learning that understanding the character is the most important. So I think my like steps are coaching, research, understand the character, then memorize. That's like my first steps. Have, have, have you gone to college? I graduated college. I know I I, pl I play teenagers, but I am a college graduate. <laughs> so what inspires you? My inspiration is the women that I grew up watching on screen. So like I was a TV kid. I had a TV in my room since kindergarten and I was always watching. Um, I, I'm obsessed with the Oprah Winfrey show. Love Oprah. All of her movies as well. So watching people like Oprah Winfrey, Lynn Whitfield, Sarah Paulson, Sandra Bullock, um, Julia Roberts, Queen Latifah, uh, Paula Patton, watching those women, Angela Bassett, on my screen inspires me to um, love myself as an artist and to believe that I can be, I can build a name for myself because I've seen all of these wonderful people do that. So I think that that inspires me because I think, oh, well, if I feel this way watching them on screen, what if someone can feel that way about me? And so that that's a big inspiration for me to keep pushing as an actor and a producer and a creative as a whole. So what other goals do you have for yourself? Yeah, so we just film, finished filming my proof of concept, um, my rainbow. And my goal is just to, I want that to be a full feature film. Um, it's right now the proof of concept is about um, seven minutes and I have a full feature script and I want to just be able to produce that and create this work on my set for the proof of concept 
a lot of people, it was their first time. Um, our director, Aiden Marks, it was his first time directing. Um, we had some PAs that had never been on a set before. And so I heard them being like, oh, I'm so glad this is my first project, like a Black produced film. And so that kind of made me think about my next goal, which is for the full feature, I want more of that, you know? I want to cast actors that this is their biggest thing that they've done, or crew, this is like their first thing. Like, I just want to be able to give them that foundation. So my next goal, yes, is to produce a full feature film um, for my rainbow, but I also want to have a cast and crew that is experiencing a lot of these things and learning for the first time. Um, that really excited me hearing that on set for the proof of concept. And yeah, so that's for like for that film. And obviously I'm acting in it. So I I also want to, my next goal is to be a stronger actor because I wrote the script, but I wrote a lot of drama for my character. And like I said before, I've auditioned for a lot of comedy. So I want to grow as an, a dramatic actress to prepare for being the face of this film, you know? <laughs> so I that's hope. my goal too. I see, I'm the same way. I'm awesome. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM. Boston's local community radio station. I'm the same way. I'm awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to do that. Maybe give maybe give me some tips. You know, I appreciate that. Oh yeah, of course. And, and I also heard that you um that you did a commercial. Yeah, that was really fun. It was um for Starry Lemon Lime the the soda, and it was for the they aired it during they're airing it during the NBA finals. I that's another re rejection story. So I auditioned for one part in the commercial that was a little bit bigger, had more lines, had more action. And I did not get that part. I got a different part and I was like a little bummed. But then when we were filming the commercial, I was used, my face was used a lot. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. So like we watched the commercial and I was on screen a lot, but that wasn't that, um, that I, at first I was like, oh, I, I'm not going to be shown at all. And then I watched the commercial. I'm like, oh, I am shown a lot now. And so that was really cool because we had um, some of the greatest basketball players, Matt Barnes, Zion Williamson, Angel Reese, and Kat. And um, it was just cool because another piece of that was the crew was predominantly Black, and I've never seen that before. Creative director, assistant director, a lot of the camera operators. And so that was, like, really beautiful to see. And also Angel Reese. Like, seeing Angel Reese shooting the ball, I was like, Something tells me that I need to witness this because she is going, she's going to be one of the greatest uh, female basketball players probably that we've seen. And so it was so cool to be able to see her shooting the ball. And the players are so nice. Zaron Williamson went around and shook hands with every single person when he was leaving. And I love that because, you know, I mean, we all think of these big, cool um, NBA players as like, they're like, cooler than everyone and they're they're smooth and stuff but no like they were so funny they seemed to be really close and it was just a really positive day and our wardrobe our costume uh person she had done the costumes for the movie hustle the adam sandler and queen latifah movie and so i told her i was like i felt really cool that you dressed me because you did the hustle movie and so that was really fun um yeah I like that. Have you got to meet any celebrities? Yeah. Um, so let me think. So I have random run-ins. I'm I am someone that will just be standing in line somewhere and there'll be a person right there. Um, so I a couple two years ago, I did a series called Awkward Conversations. Um, and it was a drug awareness PSA series. And Jody Sweden from Full oh, House was like she would she was interviewing celebrities to talk about our episodes mm -hmm. and i didn't meet her during the initial filming and then a couple months later they were like oh we want you to come back for season two and be interviewed and you can come to the studio and meet jody and i was like oh okay oh this is like my entire childhood yeah. i'm meeting one of my childhood stars and then we met and we built a friendship and so i that's really cool. She's been a really great guide for me and just learning how to do the film process and producing and stuff. So that's pretty cool. So Jody Sweden, um, who else? Rundy or not Run DMC, Rev Run and Justine. Yeah. 
I met them. I was a background on their Netflix show and I shook hands with them before we were leaving. I was <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was um standing in line uh premiere and Jim Parsons from Grace Anatomy. Is that his last name? No, Pickens. James James Pickens from Grey's Anatomy came up at this premiere on the red carpet. And the week before that, I had seen him. He plays Richard Weber on Grey's Anatomy. I had seen him uh, walk by and I was like, oh my gosh, I love Grey's Anatomy. That was Dr. Weber. And then a couple weeks later, I'm at a premiere and he's there. And I went up to him and I told him I saw you walk by at <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Little ones here and there. I walked past Kamorali Simmons the other day at a grocery store. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys love each other. Oh, there's it's so I, random. I actually met George Joyce Feeling too on Cameo, you know. We talked about it. She's one of you know. Yeah, I also, yeah, I also met I also met one who when he was in Boston. So yeah, you had to talk, you know. Yes, that's good. Yes. Cool. I'd like to do for fun when you're not filming. What? Um, I love record collecting. I go to record shops and I just go through, dig through, and um collect finals. I try to do like one per artist. I love doing that. It builds my collection. Coffee, always at a coffee shop. My Instagram bio is I'm probably at a coffee shop. I just, I love finding coffee shops that I've never been to and trying them out. Um, so that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, one of my favorite places to travel to is Santa Barbara. I went to community college there. So mm-hmm. I I love just now that I'm in LA, I love like taking the train and going down there. Um oh dance. I take a lot of dance classes here in town. Um that's my like form of exercise is uh hip hop classes. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's my those are my top three. Top three. Do you also sing? Well, <laughs> I took vocal lessons for a couple months, but I mean, I think if I, that's, that's a hard question. Cause it's like, my agents all like, I think you, you can dance and you can act like, just add the third, just add the singing. And I am just too scared. I did vocal classes for a little bit, was still scared, but <laughs> maybe, I don't know if I'm good. I don't know. Like I majored in theater, didn't do musical theater, but. Oh, it comes stage fight. Is it hard for you? Well, I was a cheerleader. So I think having that competitive cheer experience taught me to use stage fright as an adrenaline boost. And so I kind of just took that with me into acting. So a lot of the same things I would tell myself as a cheerleader, I brought in. So like, um, I tell myself, you know, this year, right now, you just need to do it. And that just helps me go and have a boost. Like when I would do stage performances, I would just think about that. It, it would literally just be like, I'm about to go perform a cheer routine. And I think I have the advantage of being able to to teach my body to to be excited and a little bit differently because I have the I have a performance experience performance experience in a different way than actors. It would it's cheer competitions. So Overcoming stage fright is definitely self-talk for me and just going in and doing it, doing it. I'm not good at public speaking, though. Mm. Still a work in progress. <laughs> what do you see yourself years from now? So acting, making more films, getting, you know, getting, getting Oscars? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just started a production company called Homage Pictures. Okay. And my goal for the next, like, within five years or after five years, um, I really want to have a space. I want to have a studio space for my company. And I, so my rainbow is something I want to really take with me to festivals and to award season. So my dream would be to be nominated for an Oscar for my rainbow. Um, But I think what would be important for me is having this film made, distributed, and succeeding and then having a space for my company um to build and to like hire people and to take work from other artists to to put out you know like I I love I want to like be able to I want like the when you know when people when people send an email to produce production company and say can you read this and make this into a movie I want to do that I want to be the person that's like yes I will produce your film especially for people 
in communities that aren't always represented, represented, I want to be able to do that. So um, I think my goals are to have my film, my rainbow skyrocket and be successful, have a space for my company and be able to take work from other artists and make it for them and do what they want with it and produce it. And I can actually feel this movie is going to be here. Yeah, I can't I kind of just see, you know, and I love how you made it, how you made this movie with my rainbow. I just love it. You know, the, the name, you know, I mean, the rainbow makes you think of a storm. You go to storm, then it's like your blessing, your blessings come, you know. So, oh, you know. I yeah. Get, yeah, there, there's a, the Maya Angelou was on Super, Super Soul Sunday, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how people in our lives are rainbows for yeah. us when we have a storm over our head and so i really love that metaphor i love my angelou and so i'm really glad to be able to tell a story that kind of touches on that that theme i definitely agree and um are you working on any more stories like this so i <laughs> i started an idea for another film, like a backup film, if my rainbow doesn't really stick. I hope it sticks, but I thought of like, maybe let's have another script in my pocket. So I've been thinking about it. Um, it's another mother-daughter kind of story. But um, yeah, so that's, I think that that's, I know my first thing is going to be a mother-daughter story in some capacity so my rainbow is grandmother and granddaughter so yeah so grandma granddaughter mother daughter something along those lines i keep saying like i love terms of endearment and ladybird but make it like (laughs) african-american make it with me so how do you come up with stories i think i think i pulled from my experiences with my own life and stories that i had been thinking on for a little bit um it was hard to stick to one type of story because my rainbow has evolved. It's this like the current proof of concept is like my third version of it. Like it's been the same characters, but I've changed the character story so many times. So that was pretty challenging for me to figure out which one I wanted to stick with. So yeah, that that was pretty hard. I, I can tell that my rainbow, my rainbow is it, you know. I can tell. Thank you. And it comes out on, on July 7th? That's my goal. I Earlier, the better. Our editor, my my director, Aiden, is doing such a fantastic job editing it as well. Um, he's this excellent college student and is, like, going to go so far. And so I'm really um, happy to have him because he understands my vision and stuff. So he's been editing it like crazy. So it might be early. So um, I plan to do an early release for um, the production like family and friends and then anyone that pitched in any money or any advice for me because I produced this whole film by myself and I had I needed a little bit of help so I got some little Venmo help from family and stuff like that so definitely want to give early access to anyone that helps me um, whether it be advice or financially and then the following week it would be public gonna release it on YouTube to start and go from there but Right now, I'm just applying to grants and scholarships um, with the, the the WGA strike going on. I, I'm not talking to any studios yet until the strike is over. So um, just grants and scholarships and want people to keep an eye out for it so that like um, it can grow. Hopefully earlier than July 7th, but we'll see. Do you have you ever, ever dealt with racism in, in the entertainment field? Growing up, um, I grew up in a predominantly white town, so um, it like racism wasn't something that was talked about. I'm from Northern California, from a very, uh, very predominantly white town, and very religious and conservative. And so, whenever I experienced something, I didn't recognize it as racism or discrimination until I was an adult. Um, seeing. Uh, everything, you know, with George Floyd and the BLM movement, that's when I started to recognize that, oh, what I went through as a kid was not cool. Um, So just, yeah, comments about my lips or um, usage of the N-word around me and not recognizing that this is wrong. And I don't think the kids that were doing it were aware that because they weren't, their parents weren't telling them, you know, and they were repeating what their parents were saying. And so um, as an actress, 
I haven't experienced racism. I have experienced um, stereotyping. Like, um, I get the, I I got the, I was doing an audition to dub, dub the English for a French show. And the actress that I was dubbing for, for just for the audition was Black. And the casting people and the director and everything were basically trying to tell me to be more stereotypical, add some more like twang to my voice and stuff. And it was just really strange. And um, like, so that that was something that was pretty odd to deal with. Um, I have also learned the level of privilege that I do have um, in the entertainment field with my complexion, because I noticed that, you know, as a lighter skinned actress, there are times where I'm going to get more opportunities than someone else that is darker skinned. And I've recognized that in the kinds of auditions that I get and just the the language of some of the roles compared to other people. So that has taught me a lot about um, how I want to make film and how I want to view film. So how did the George Floyd incident affect you? Yeah, so I was I was in school still and I had been living in a part of LA that was closer to where a lot of the uh, pro- the protests were happening. And so we had like curfew and all of that. And that was a moment where I recognized like who I am in this world because um, with the curfew, we had a 7-Eleven next to us. And I was like, I want to walk to 7-Eleven. And my roommates who were not black were like, please don't like, I don't want you to walk out and someone's going to think you're a threat and do something. So in that moment, I just got a sense of anger. Like um, I went to the George Floyd protests and it was, there was one in Hollywood and I, there was this moment where we were all walking and um, some elders in a convertible were driving through and they were passing out water and stuff. And I sat there and I got angry again because I'm thinking these are um, black people that lived in a time where they weren't even allowed to walk through the same door as a white person. And they have to watch us, this younger generation, still having to fight in a different way. We definitely don't have the same um, things that they went through, but we're still having to fight. And I just felt like, yes, it's beautiful that they're here, but it just made me really angry that, that they had to experience that and like that we had to experience this and like, um, everything and like coming from predominantly white town no one understood why I was so passionate about everything with George Floyd on social media and like like I would post you know my feelings and like um just my thoughts and just constantly getting invalidated by people that just don't understand and don't understand the experiences and I'm still constantly today having to fight to tell people you're not going to understand my experience because you are not black you know and it's like this justification that like oh yeah we do we saw the George Floyd and you you're you're not like you know so that so that's that's I think there's a level of trauma in that because it's the constant feeling that you have to fight for yourself and fight for everyone and defend yourself which is exhausting and like um just seeing the seeing just the reactions to the people while we were out there walking all we were doing was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and just the reactions of um people on the other end was was really hard and um I think I uh recently I went to a conference in San Francisco and they had an all-black uh caucus day or not a caucus an all-black workshop for the day and that was really beautiful to me because i I've never experienced that before. So um, that's where I got to really talk and really be heard and really listen and understand and be understood. So I think that this was recently, but I think that healed a lot of what I was feeling about uh, 2020 with George Floyd. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM. Boston's local community radio station. How, how do you deal with anger when you when you get angry? Art. Um, I am a huge advocate for therapy. Uh, I think if you have the resources to get it, then you should use it. If you don't have the resources to get it, 
there should be people encouraging you to help find the resources if you need it. I love it. And through therapy, I also create art. You know, my script, uh, My Rainbow, came from a lot of pain and a pain with um, just the idea of motherhood and being a woman and being a woman in film. And I, I put that on paper and created it. That, that's my way of doing that. Get into something beautiful, I think. Because sometimes I think we apologize for anger and pain and hurt, but I think um, it's warranted. And my um, response has just been to try to turn it into something that can help someone else and help myself. Are you participating in the strike or you not? My, my way of participating in the strike is just not crossing the picket line. I'm a non-union writer, so I don't want to go against those because the the thing is you know not communicating with Netflix and Universal and all this stuff while the strike is happening to try and sell or work for them until they um the strike is over so I think it's important as non-union artists to show the union people that you know you stand with them and you're not going to be selfish and um because they're, you know, eventually a lot, a, a lot of artists, eventually they're going to join some form of union. And I think you want to show the people in the union that like, I hear you. And when it is my time to join, I support, or I support you and I stand with you. And so, yeah, so um, I'm keeping my script and my film just to use for, you know, posting how I want. And then, um, scholarships and grants so what was blown up for you like no I mean I I was a really outgoing kid and I um I was always doing extracurriculars um I was at school more than I was at home and so I think growing up I had a way of coping with whatever was going on around me my parents were divorced they didn't get along I have very very young parents and Mm -hmm. Um, anytime there was drama or issues with them, I would just go to school and I had the greatest teachers I could have ever had. And I think teachers don't get enough credit for how much they take care of us as, as kids. And so that, that saved me was having cheerleading and having school. So I, I think if I didn't have that growing up would have been really difficult, but I managed to find safe space with, um, coaches and my teachers and that allowed me to to heal and I went to college I got I originally went to college on a cheerleading scholarship so I succeeded in that way um but I do think if I didn't have the safe community of my teachers my life would have looked significantly different and I wouldn't be as confident and strong as I am today because you know at home it's rocky you know young parents that are divorced who are still figuring out who they are as people when they have this little human being to take care of. Um, yeah, it's it's a different experience. So, yeah. So what is one, one after you want to work, since you want to work with you now? Just one? <laughs> you can name as many as you want, you know, sticking around okay. to it. Okay, so actor, actors that I want to work with and will work with, I'm going to say the specific kinds of roles that I want, so maybe that'll manifest it. No. So I really <laughs> want Queen Latifah to play my mom. Mm-hmm. That is my dream. I would like um, Lynn Whitfield to play my grandmother at some point, maybe in the same movie. Sarah Paulson is my acting hero. Everything Sarah Paulson does is extraordinary to me. So I just want to be in a scene with her. That's all. I just want to witness her acting and I want to receive her acting and I want her to receive mine. So Sarah Paulson, um, Adam Sandler would love for Adam Sandler to be like my coach in something. Like if I, I I have a dream of playing like a basketball player or a volleyball player and Adam Sandler being my coach, <laughs> that would be fun. Um, Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, Quentin Tarantino and Tyler Perry. So those two, Tyler Perry is how I, I model my creative journey off of Tyler Perry. Um, I would love to resemble his journey. So working with him would just help that accelerate that and just teach me so much. So um, that would be like a dream come true. Would you ever consider running, running for president? Or did I say something if you had a chance? <laughs> if you would have asked me in 2020, I would have said yes. I think today, 
want to build a name for myself enough that makes an impact on people in a way that that is how I think I would like to execute that. So I'm going to say today, no, but I do want to have some kind of platform to be able to share and give resources and give opportunities and to help where help is needed. President of a production company, yes. It's <laughs> hot weather right now. Is it warm out there? Right now it's pretty cold. Um, it was warm this weekend, but now it's gloomy. We have this weird June gloom happening. So it's like windy and looks like it's going to rain, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just got boss. Yeah, that's crazy. Because you'd think it'd be the opposite that California is hot and sunny. No, it's pretty gloomy. We'll probably have a really hot fall, but yeah, yeah, it's right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is well, this is a wonderful interview. I'm so glad you're having me. Before you go, how can my fans find you on social media? Yeah, so my Instagram. Okay, it's my it's my name. So it's S E Y C H E L L E S H M I Z E L. That's my Instagram. Um, my TikTok. Let's see. My TikTok username is S H E Y likes coffee so i want to get more into tiktok so that's my goal but instagram you can contact me there i'm i'm always on that this is honest this will meet you and i appreciate so much you thank you for having me god bless take, take care everyone bye-bye well hello there this is the jamin show on wbca 102.9 fm boston's local community radio station Hello, everyone. This is the J-Man Show. My name is Jai Bino, and my guest today is Brian Walker, a wonderful gifted musician. Hi, Brian. Good to see you on the show today. Yeah, good to have you be here. Absolutely. So tell me a little about yourself and what made you want to become a, a singer and performer. Yeah, so um, I got into music as a kid. I was always playing the piano, um, playing radio melodies on the piano by <laughs> ear, and I kind of started teaching myself classical piano. And, you know, as I get to like teenage years, I get into like VH1 music videos and listening to pop radio and watching like the Grammys and all the award shows and uh, just listening to pop radio all the time. And then I ended up going to more concerts as I got older. Uh, I saw like Howie Day and the way that he used the guitar and played the loop pedal. And I saw artists like One Republic and Ryan Tedder and his awesome singing. And that kind of pulled me into wanting to do that as well. So what kind of music do you like to perform? What, what's your style of music that separates you from, from different artists out there? Uh, yeah, so I do uh, pop music. Um, it's very, I'm open-minded to exactly how that's interpreted. So I'm like into different genres. Um, I like R&B, a lot of R&B vocals especially. Um, and I like the vocal production and stacks. Uh, I'm into like drum sounds, you know, hard-hitting drums, uh, which is a lot of like dance music. And um, I try to stay open-minded and let all the different genres influence my music. That's good. So who inspired you to become a singer? Who are some of your influences that you listened to, listened to growing up? Uh, probably Ryan Tedder is like one of the biggest influences as a singer. Um, I listen to like Alicia Keys, I think has an awesome voice, uh, Emotion, um, Justin Timberlake, um, and then like a lot of the classic artists like the Beatles and Elvis I've been listening to more lately. And um, I try to just listen to as much music as I can and stay open-minded, yeah. Well, that's good. So, so who inspires you? Who's your greatest inspiration? Uh, I think Ryan Tedder is a big inspiration because he's, you know, he does the whole artist thing with his band One Republic. And then he's also a singer himself with the band One Republic and, um, also like artists like Charlie Puth who can write and produce for other artists and do his own music. And uh, Max Martin has been very successful as a producer and a hit songwriter and the Beatles. And um, yeah, lots of, I like pop music. So a lot of the, you know, people in the pop music. So I hope that you went to Berkeley College Music in Boston. Um, what was that experience like for you? Uh, yeah, that was uh, really a surreal experience. Um, I think being in New Hampshire, a small town, um, I felt like, you know, I, I worked really hard at music and I was putting a lot of time into it. But then going into Berkeley, I felt like everybody was like that. And all of a sudden, I felt kind of like overwhelmed in a way because there was so much talent there. 
Um, and that was definitely eye-opening for me, and I think it pushed me to become a better musician for sure. That's wonderful. Did you actually graduate? Did you graduate from Berkeley College of Music? Uh, I didn't. I graduated from the University of New Hampshire with a business degree, and then I went to Berkeley for a few years, and I studied music production and songwriting. But I never ended up getting a degree in that. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you got that. So, what advice can you give musicians that want to be that want to be a singer like yourself? Perform? What advice can you give us? Uh, I would say find what your passion is within music and try to play to your strengths. So for me, I have a little bit of an acting background. Um, I did some plays in college and some musicals, and I directed and took a lot of acting courses. So for me, um, directing and doing my own music videos kind of plays to my strengths as well as helping to support my music. Uh, for other people, maybe if they're like very naturally talented on the guitar or natural singers or have some other natural talent that they want to focus on, then um, it probably makes sense to lean into that and like try to play to your strengths. Do you also play any musical instruments? Yes, uh, I play the guitar, I play piano, um, I play a little bit of bass um, and then singing. And those are like my main two though, guitar and piano, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And so where did your song Red Flags come from? Because that, that, that was a wonderful song. And I loved it, especially being in that video now. So who inspired you, inspired you to write that song? Uh, yeah, probably like past relationships um, that normally like when I come up with an idea, I put it in my notes app on my phone. So mm -hmm. I came up with like the title Red Flags. And then I was working on the beat later. And um, that title kind of seemed to fit with that beat, that kind of like moody, mysterious music. So that's kind of what inspired it. But um, specifically like... A relationship I was going through at the time, and then I was getting kind of like red flags in the relationship, so I kind of inspired that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely know what you mean about red flags. What made you want want to um film with Fast and um and Evan Boston? Yeah, so I'm like pretty close to Boston. It's only like an hour from me. Uh, I went to school in Boston, so I kind of have a connection to it. And um, yeah, I think having filmed a music video in New York City, I think Boston was a little bit closer and a little bit more low budget for me because I didn't have to worry about um, renting like Airbnbs and, you know, booking hotels for the videographer and all that stuff. So it was kind of a more cost effective video as well for me. Backdrops of like Fenway Park and, you know, um, I played gigs there. So it's kind of a cool place to film. That's good. Do you have any more songs of yours coming up for the rest of the year? And what are your plans for the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, so I have Looking Like My Wife as uh, my latest song that's going to be coming out on October 21st. It's going to be with a music video, and we shot that at Hampton Beach in Hampton, New Hampshire. And I'm about, uh, I live like 10 minutes from there, so it's kind of cool, like a home type of vibe for me for that one. And then uh, Red Flags will probably be the next one. I'm guessing somewhere around January, uh, depending on how much time I have between now and then to work on it. And then I'm working on a brand new song called When I Start to Care. And I'm gonna be shooting the music video for that in New York City um, in a couple weeks now. And then I'm hoping that that one will be the follow-up to Red Flags. It'll come out around February or March. Yeah, that sounds good. Can't, can't wait to see these videos. It's gonna be awesome. Um, have you got to meet any famous singers? Yeah, uh, so I met John Mayer when I was going to Berklee College of Music. I was one of uh, like five or six songwriters that were selected to perform an original song for him. So he critiqued one of my originals. And um, I met B.B. Rexa when I was interning at a recording studio. And that was kind of a cool moment because you could kind of see her in her own environment. And um, she was like super nice and it was cool to see her working. And then um, I also met Cara Diaguardi while I was taking her boot camp songwriting course at Berkeley Music. So I was able to workshop some of my songs with her and she's a very talented songwriter and I learned a lot through that experience with her. That's wonderful. You think you might move back to California? For me, I'm, I'm waiting kind of for the right opportunity. Um, I don't, like Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California is really expensive and I don't want to move out there without a plan. So right now I'm able to live at home with my parents and work on music full time. I turned my 
old bedroom into a recording studio. So uh, just saving up for music videos and working on music full time is kind of the nice thing right now. But if I had some type of traction or some reason to go out to Los Angeles, I'd definitely be open to doing that. Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds like a good plan, I had to say, you know, yeah. So what do you, so what do you see yourself in the future, yes, when down the line? Uh, yeah, usually I don't look too far into the future. Um, I'm just the type of person who, like, I like to focus on what I'm doing for that day and trying to stay on my path of where I want to end up. But um, usually I look out, like, a month or two just for, like, planning gigs and music video shoots. But sometimes I think about, like, the longer term and what my bigger goals are. And, you know, I'd like to be you know, winning Grammys and in the studio with some top artists and producers and working with like the best people in the world and like getting songs on the radio and all that stuff. But I try not to think too much about that. Uh, I try to focus just on my day-to-day -day tasks and just try to be the best musician that I can and seeing that where that will take me. So, so how did COVID affect you if it had been shut down? Uh, yeah, so I ended up losing uh, about two to three months of gigs. Uh, as soon as COVID hit, everything got canceled. And then they slowly started coming back at about half capacity. So the venues were paying about half rate as well, just because there were less people and we were being safe from wearing masks and social distancing and all that. Um, and I ended up still playing about a hundred shows that year. And I had played about a hundred the next two years as well. But so things kind of returned to what I was used to as my normal uh, pretty quickly. And like, I do a lot of, spent a lot of time in my home recording studio working on music. So um, I was still gigging and working on music like I was before. But I'd say that the biggest thing was uh, the gigs were paying less and they were kind of smaller amounts of people. And definitely like COVID being involved kind of put a snag in some of the music video shoots because we shot Ring Ring kind of in the heart of that. So I was worried about like mask mandates coming up or whether that was going to affect the shoot and actors were going to get COVID or something. and we'd have to cancel or something yeah is there any way that people can audition to be to be a backup singer or audition to be in a band or uh yeah so right now i'm just doing like my solo stuff so um i'm not sure what the future is going to look like for like my live shows or for recording but um right now i'm like my show is just like solo acoustic guitar and in terms of the production i just record a lot of layers of my vocals and i'm able to uh, execute a lot of my backgrounds but um, I'm always like interested in the possibility of collaborations as well if the right opportunity comes up. So. Oh, so what do you like, like to do for fun and travel wise when you're not singing in the studio? Uh, yeah, so I, I played basketball my whole life. I've done a lot of sports, so I definitely enjoy playing basketball with friends. Um, anything with people I'm close to is like a good time just hanging out like with my brother or other friends and doing pretty much anything. But I definitely like kind of enjoy sports and going to the movies and all that. Do you also have plans to maybe act in some television shows or movies? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in acting. Um, at one point in my career, I didn't know whether I was going to be an actor or a musician. So uh, I'd say at my first college, I was still trying to figure things out. And I was watching like inside the actor's studio and reading books like an actor prepares, all these acting books and like really getting into acting. And I was kind of keeping my music going at the same time because I wasn't sure exactly where I wanted to go. Uh, I found for me that music kind of was my biggest passion because I like to be able to express myself and like write songs and say what I'm going through. But I still do have that passion for acting. And I think right now music videos are nice because I can kind of tie the acting in with the music, but I'm definitely open to um, the possibility of pursuing acting in the future and being like artists like uh, Elvis and Frank Sinatra and Justin Timberlake and some of these other actors who have also done music and been on both sides of it, yeah. Who's your, so who's probably your favorite artist that you want to, that, that you want to work with, you know, probably in the whole world? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm influenced by like a lot of, um, a lot of like really technical singers who can like hit really good notes, but also have a lot of like emotion and control. So like uh, singers like Alicia Keys, I think she's a big influence. Uh, Ryan Tedder vocally. Um, producers like Max Martin are definitely influenced for me because just of his talent and his productions have this so much depth to like the layers of the drums and it just feels like really expensive sound so I'm into that type of thing. I definitely agree. She gives us a lot of honor she knows so and she inspires me every day. Well hello there this is Jai Mano the host of the J-Man Show 
I want to thank Say Charles for myself being on my show today. She was a lovely, wonderful actress, and her movie Proof of Concept by Rainbow is going to be a great film, I can tell. And just to talk to her about her wisdom, her acting, what inspires her. I can see her passion as an actress, and she's making Hollywood. So, And I hope that you'll, you all enjoyed it, that interview, because that way really it touched, inspired me, especially listening to her story. I mean, just to interview someone of that magnitude, I mean, her life, her experiences, how she got overcame everything with racism to where she is now. And it makes you think, you know, that this is going to be a wonderful story to hear. And we need more stories like this to talk about, you know, what people go through in life. You know, these stories need to be seen and heard. So I want to thank my viewers, my fans for listening to that show and hope you like this show. And to say, Charles, Miss Sound, thank you for coming on my show today and sharing your wisdom, your experiences, your passion. Good determination as an actress to make it in Hollywood as well as mine. And I support you. I respect you. I hope to have, have you on the show again. So thank you, St. Charles. And on that note, I w- it was a wonderful experience to, to actually meet Usher when he was here last month. I met Usher for his commencement at, at, at the Agonis Arena where I work. And to, to meet a man like that, I mean, Usher Raymond, our Arby, singer, phenomenal actor, getting a doctorate, how much he inspires me to be saying just like him, you know, so I want to thank Usher for, for shaking my hand and just actually acknowledging me and and then actually meet his mother and then meet his, his kids, shake his kids in, I mean, just an honor. So I want to thank Usher, Janetta Patton, for actually, you know, shaking my hand, talking to me a bit and have a man in Boston like Usher just, you know, doesn't get any better than that, you know, to be able to, to do press for Usher. I mean, you know, it's like this, this show, my, my German show is getting, it was opening doors for me that I never imagined. And actually, you know, so I just want to thank Usher for taking the time to talk to you for a bit and actually meeting him, you know, and uh, also I congratulate him on getting his achievement, his doctorate in music and just keep going forward and never lose your spark. You know, that means just keep going forward, keep pushing, and you will make it. You know, so he made it, he can make it too. You know, we can all make it together. So thank you, Usher, come on, for coming for talk to me. And if we hope to have you back someday and maybe have you on my show, Usher. And just to meet you, Usher, I look, I look up to you, I respect you, and you're going to go far. You've probably achieved so much in music and success. And oh, that I, I, I really hope to have the same kind of success that you had, you know, someday. So, and and it's an honor to, you know, so to actually meet with you and talk to you. So thank you, Usher. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station.